1: Hey, what's going on? It's Billy Hollowell. Welcome to the PureFlix podcast. On tonight's episode, we have a special encore presentation of our second edition of the Vindication season two after show. This is something we aired on Facebook, also on the PureFlix platform. It's a discussion with the cast of Vindication. Now that season two is complete and all ten episodes are up, and by the way, if you haven't watched it, you got to go check it out. You can get a free one week trial of PureFlix over on PureFlix com right now. You could download the app, check it out. Vindication is a phenomenal drama. It's a it's a cop drama that has so much great storytelling, faith. I mean, there's so many amazing elements to the show. You could check that out. Now, if you're a Vindication fan and you're a fan of the podcast, we wanted to present to you the audio version of our interview with the cast. We've got TC Stallings, we've got Todd Terry and many others coming on the show to talk about Vindication Season 2. And so with no further ado, let's play the encore presentation of the second episode of Vindication Season 2 After Show. And welcome to our Vindication After Show. This is the second after show that we have done, and I'm very excited because we've got some great guests today. We've got Jared O'Flaherty, who is the writer and director of the show. We've got Todd Terry, who plays Sergeant Gary Travis. We've got TC Stallings, who plays Detective Trey Millwood, and we've got Peggy Schott, who plays Becky Travis. Thank you all for joining us today. Now, Jared, I'm going to start with you because this this show, and now all ten episodes are up on PureFlix. This show is your is your baby, right? You've written this, you've directed it, and you're getting a chance to watch all the excitement that people have over this show. What has that been like to observe and sort of watch throughout season two?
2: Well, you know, at first you're a little nervous. Uh, how are people going to receive it? How's it going to go? But as the season uh, rolled out. It was just great to hear from people who said, you know, I heard about this vindication. I wanted to check it out, a couple of episodes, and ended up staying up till 3 in the morning. And, and I went and grabbed my husband, and he came and watched. And he doesn't watch TV, but he's watching with me now. So it was just great to see hear and hear stories like that of people that really just uh, got invested in the show and the characters and had to keep watching. Because that's obviously creating this type of entertainment, what you want to hear. And, and so it's been really uh, Uh, just a great uh, response that we've received
1: now now jared you very clearly chose to bring this issue of forgiveness into the fold a lot of the characters throughout you know vindication as you're watching season two this issue keeps coming up right how intentional was that why did you sort of choose that as as one of the central themes that people were going to experience in season two
2: you know, for the topic matters that we dig into with uh, law enforcement and obviously uh, people making mistakes, uh, you know, I, I thought that forgiveness, which is one of the central core aspects of, of Christianity and the Bible and, and what Jesus taught, you know, um, of forgiving others the same way you want to be forgiven. Uh, it was just something that I felt could be a strong foundation to build our stories on and to have that element um, Uh, Just come up time and time again with different characters in different situations and really teach it. Because, you know, I think in our culture, it's something that maybe we've gotten away from Uh, with with cancel culture. You make a mistake. You're done. You're you're erased. You have to go away. And that's just really contrary to what uh, what Jesus taught, you know. So uh, it was something that, that again, could be a core foundation of our stories. And I think it it really connects well with audiences and, and keeps their attention.
1: Well, you sort of have you have cancel culture and you have gospel culture and they're very different things. And you see in this the struggles that people go through. Right. But you see that that sort of gospel culture, which which, Todd, that kind of brings me to you, because I think about, you know, Sergeant Travis and I think about your character. And you know, we talked about this on the last after show a little bit, but in you know, season one, that Travis is is very different from the season two Travis. What did you enjoy most about sort of playing Travis as more and more of a of a changed man.
3: You know, I think I think it really it's his heart change. You know, you know in season one, he was all about his own subjective right and wrong, and then he becomes a believer in season two. So he starts doing some things that are right, but his heart in some ways is still not in the right place. You know, you, we see with you know, his pursuit of a better precinct and, you know, his challenges with Tomlinson wanting to be, you know, in a bigger position. I'm trying not to give things away for people that haven't seen it and speaking kind of, uh, you know, mercurialness, whatever. But, uh, you know, and, and at the end of the day, you know, it comes down to a forgiveness issue with Travis's character that I think, you know, you know, has caused him to make some bad choices and pursue things that he thinks will make him happy so that 's what I really loved. you know any actor loves the chance to have some arc with a character, but that 's what i 've loved about him
1: well, and there 's that struggle with doris, and i don 't want to give too much about Doris away, but I really enjoyed the that character and i and I was pleasantly surprised at moments and at other moments I was challenged and you know if you listen to our podcast on this, our after show podcast, we you know, talked a lot about different theories that we had throughout, and i don 't want to give too much away for those who haven 't watched yet either but but as you sort of navigate that as, as a character and you see Travis going through that relationship with Doris, that's really intriguing, too. And it shows that we're all human beings. We all go through these ebbs and flows. And even as Christians, we're all on a, on a journey. And I thought your character you know, really showed that. Now, um, Peggy, I have to ask you, because Becky is such an interesting character as well. And yeah, there's a lot of things you see Becky as this devout Christian wife and mother. Uh, you also see Becky struggling with some things with holding information at moments you know from her husband trying to do the right thing in that process. Uh, but there's so many great qualities of that character. What most resonated with you personally you know when you look at Becky and you look at yourself
4: What I love about Becky is yeah, she's a complicated character. Just simply because she's human. And, and, you know, even being Christians, we know that we are human. We will make mistakes. It's going to happen, but, but we're always, you know, loved by God. And, and, and I think that's something important to show everyone that just because you're Christian does not mean you're perfect. And Becky definitely isn't. Um, and something that, that I, I really enjoy about the character also is the fact that she understands Gary. And you can see in season one, she's not going to be pushing him, pushing her faith on him. She knows that she has to handle him gently and just give little, little nudges and and trying to lead him to faith, but also being patient and waiting for God's time for, for God to to affect him and bring him to that. And I think that that comes in through uh, season two and she is withholding things from him. I don't know she's withholding, but she's waiting for the right timing. And she'll, she'll say little That's things. That's a better way of wording it. Yeah, she'll, she'll say little things to feel him out, to see what kind of reaction she's going to get from him. And, of course, she just, he just shuts her down every time until she finally just, you know, blurts it out because she can't wait anymore. So, But it's that waiting for God's timing and trying to be patient. You know? Well, and what I love about, about the
1: two characters, right, the husband and wife there, is that, you know, you've got Travis, you know, Sergeant Travis, you've got Becky, and every time... You guys are having a conversation. It's at bedtime, like right when you're the most exhausted. But I think that that happens to all of us. Like you have those tough conversations before you go to bed. Right. And and the Doris conversation was a really interesting one because it it finally, you know, Becky blurts it out. And so it's this big thing. And you see Travis, like, are you kidding me? Like what? And but it's a really great conversation and how it's approached. So it's actually a good model, I think, for how we should probably approach these tough things in our marriages when. When they emerge. I don't know if you want to add anything to that, Peggy. Just you know,
4: the ke- communication is so important, but timing is important too.
2: <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll throw in there if you if you notice in that scene the way she spits it out, it's very rehearsed. It's like she told herself when he comes and lays down, I'm telling him. I'm not delaying, I'm not waiting any longer and And just the way she delivers it, it's like, okay, she had made up in her mind all right i'm now's the time and it, it came across in the performance and how how that uh little monologue of hers was delivered
1: all right so t c now you you were the newcomer in season two here of this of this show and of vindication and what what was it like coming in as a newcomer, and what did you enjoy most about playing millwood
5: uh well, coming in as a newcomer i was I was excited because like I said, I had binge watched season one and, you know, to see everybody after watching all of the the episodes, I mean, that's always exciting. I remember going through the same thing when I first started acting and I had saw Fireproof and I wanted to work with the Kendrick Brothers. And the, I show up on set and I meet Kim Bevel and I meet Alex and everybody. I'm just like, man, that was an answer to prayer. So I was praying about vindication and just whether the Lord wanted me to do it. Cause I have a lot of desires, but I just be like, all right, Lord, I got it. You got to sift out what you don't want me to do and only let me do what you do. And so when it all worked out and then I showed up and you know, and then I met everybody and I'm just like, this is cool. And the way they received me really, really cool. Uh, because like I said, not only just a newcomer to the, you know, to the script. Um, and you know, it could have been where I was like, you know, who's this guy and, and, you know, but he, he wrote it in such a way, which I don't like to influence writing. So I was glad he wrote it in such a way where everybody welcomed me. And I wasn't a part of any early drama cause I didn't want fans to not like me. <laughs> so I wasn't a part of any drama or anything like that. And, uh, so I liked the way he was written in, but, um, it was really cool that as real people, like, you know, not Travis, but, you know, actually Todd and, and you know, and, and Peggy and, and Chris and you know Venus and everybody uh Janet everybody welcomed me in a very very cool way. So it was it was just cool to enjoy it not only from a script standpoint but as an actual cast to where it's like, you know, we're family and it's fun and you can't wait for more to come and stuff like that. So it was really good.
1: Well, not only was your character likable but also kind of like the the voice of reason at some interesting moments that were just mm-hmm. very natural I don't know. I really, I really liked that about the character. Like when, when Travis needed to hear the truth, that you were kind of delivering that as Millwood. Um, and and I, was that a trait that you enjoyed of that character?
5: I, I did. I did because this, this is the parts about Trey that's, that's that I enjoy because it's kind of like my real life stuff. Like I love being an accountability for other people, and then having that accountability brother. Uh, for myself or sister, like whoever it is, just accountability, male or female in your life that when you need it, they're there for you and you can depend on them. And then they get it from the source of scripture you know, That's because that's just how I live. And I want that to be my tight inner circle. So the way that Jared wrote it to where I didn't just come in and work with Travis, we kind of went through some things to the point to where he saw me as someone that could have his back. That I really, really like because it, We've established that I look out I look out for him, somebody that he can depend on, which was something that he didn't really have. Last time he had that was Chris, and that was the most dependable person. And it was interesting because in the beginning, he didn't think she was going to be as dependable as she turned out to be. So she leaves, and then to have me come in and, and fill that hole uh, for the, the precinct and for him, I just love that dynamic you know, and we can have these conversations and me being a black man, him being a white man. And for us to be able to just talk about everything and do it in a cool way. I think that shows people how to have a conversation too. So I I enjoy all of that.
1: Well, and that brings me to you, Jared, because I have to tell you, you know, Chris and her brother, you really challenged me on as I'm watching it, I had a lot of things, and you heard me I talked about these in the in the podcast, you know sort of judgments on Chris until you hit a certain point in the story and you realize, oh, maybe I'm being too harsh, maybe there's more going on here, and it really sort of rolled itself out in a way that kept you engaged. I wanted to know more about that relationship with her brother, why was it that way? why was he the way he was, and so all of that to say, everything t c just said and what I just said. What what goes into crafting these characters? Because this is a these are very developed relationships and characters. What's that process? You know, for for Millwood, for instance, what what sort of process do you go through to come up with the idea and then really carry that through?
2: Yeah. So at the beginning of the season, when we look ahead, there are kind of some tentpole moments, so to speak, or some fence post moments that we know we want to get to. and We want to hit. You know, we need this to happen. We need these characters to have their their moment together, whatever that may be. Obviously, with Chris's brother, uh, for those who have watched, we know what was going to happen with him. And then once you have that moment, you kind of step back and say, now how do we build to that moment so that it's meaningful, not that it just comes out of left field, you know? So it's not some character that you saw twice, and they're supposed to have this big emotional moment, and you, well, who's this again, you know? So we kind of start with that moment and then just build back from it. And, and I think that's what you were describing of how it, it, these characters are deep and developed. Uh, you know, as we're talking about Chris's brother, you see him in episode one, And we very well could have told the story of episode one without him being a part of it. But we knew we have some bigger things ahead coming with her and with that relationship. So let's establish him now. And you see different characters pop in and out throughout just because we knew what we were headed towards. So it wasn't so much a, uh, uh, you know, to use an analogy of a road trip of let's just hit the road and see what happens. Instead, it was we know we're going to hit these these checkpoints so let's start going towards those and see what happens on the way
1: yeah and I mean I was I was looking at Chris as sort of I was calling her an enabler in the beginning and at the end I wasn't really saying that as much anymore and people may have different views on on that but but because of that trajectory of how you developed it it did change how I responded to her as a character and and to her brother as a character as well. Um, all right. So now, Todd, there were a lot of different tests of faith and lessons. You had issues of ego. There was the discussion about race. You had um, family members not having faith. There was lack of forgiveness, addiction, all these other things. Did any of those tests of faith, you know, ring true to you personally? Were there any that sort of, you know, resonated most with you?
3: So we're having to come to Jesus' meeting now? <laughs> I, get, I get to confess. <laughs>
1: okay.
3: we'll come one by one, we'll stay with you. Yeah, okay. No, no, I would say probably, uh, you know, the self-righteousness aspect of Travis, you know, and for me, self-righteousness isn't you think you're better than someone else. It's just you think your way is right. And a lot of that comes from, you know, I think mistrust in the heart, wounds. And for Travis, it was all about it's Travis and Doris. It's about those wounds that... He got as a kid that you know he's always trying to find another way to to get happiness or to feel successful, and so uh, I would say yeah I, I imagine a lot of people may you know understand that, but it's just trying to think, hey, that thing I want it, and I'm going to do whatever I can to get it, and that doesn't really bring you happiness you know and that's the way it was with chief you know he had that realization that that's not going to bring him happiness. It's not that it was a bad thing, but it just, you know, it wasn't going to give him that fulfillment. So, yeah, that's probably how yeah. I relate more.
1: Yeah, and, you know, yeah, that's that's really interesting. It, one of the things, as, as a viewer, and we talked about this in the last After Show, I want to talk about it again. I'm Jared, and then, Peggy, I have a question for you about this. But the prison ministry aspect of this, if you want to just speak to that again of why you chose to include it and what you're hoping people take away from that, because it became actually a substantial part of the season.
2: Yeah, well, that idea did come from Peggy. Uh, it was when we were filming the final episode of season one. And we were just hypothetically talking, hey, if somehow we get to do another season of this, you have any ideas? What What is Becky Travis? You know, what's she up to? And she shared with me that she would love to see Becky doing something uh, on the ministry side, particularly prison ministry, because it fit well with the work that her husband does. And then for where her heart is at as a character, she thought she would be there. So, okay, thank you. And the seed got planted. So when the process came to start writing the scripts, uh, that naturally came about. Now, I actually uh, a while back uh, was in my younger years was was a part or participated in a prison ministry. And what stood out for me the most of going into these prisons, I mean, you're thinking these are all the the bad dudes, right? They're tattoos and mean and evil and that. And at least the area I got into, it felt more like a church service than a prison, you know? I mean, there were some men in there who were really, really walking with the Lord, you know? And it was almost humbling to me. Like, I feel like he needs to be the one talking to me, not me talking to him. And that, that was my experience. Uh, the particular ministry I was a part of, it was called uh, uh, Bill Glass Prison Ministries. It's here in Texas, based in Texas. I believe it's now called Behind the Walls is the name of that one uh, in particular. And I know there are many, many others, probably one in every state and, and definitely some national ones as well. Uh, but yeah, so from that experience, and I thought about you know these people that, that Peggy may interact with, obviously there are some that uh, are still maybe clinging to their old ways, but then there's others that are are, are really uh, seeking the Lord, and, and that kind of cr- crafted uh, some of those storylines that you saw.
1: So, so Peggy, for you, you know, I'd love to hear more about why, you know, from your perspective, why you brought that up, why that was something that was of interest to you. But how did those, how did those scenes impact you when you look back on having filmed them?
0: I'll-
4: It was shortly before we were filming that that episode and I was uh, speaking with a very dear friend of mine, Linda Carey, and she was telling me about a prison ministry that she is part of here in Texas. It's called Women's Storybook Project. And there are so many women who are incarcerated who have young children at home. And with this uh, ministry, they go in and they bring children's books to the incarcerated women and they record them reading these books. And then they send the, the audio tape along with the book to their children at home. So the children at home can hear their mother reading them storybooks. And I just thought that that was a wonderful thing. So, and it was something that was really on my mind and on my heart. And when when Jared asked me what, what I wanted Becky to be doing, well, I don't just didn't want Becky to be doing a prison ministry. I wanted me to be part of this one. Um, and then COVID hit and I haven't able to do it yet, but I definitely plan on it because I think it's a wonderful, wonderful thing to do. Um, as far as um, filming the scenes, uh, I had so much fun with the group ladies, uh, the one where, where Becky is, is is praying with the woman and, and how that turned out. I don't think I want to ruin that for anybody, but oh, that, that was fun. That was a lot of fun to shoot. Yeah. Um, getting to film with with Doris, who actually is a dear friend of mine, Laurie Coker. She and I have been in a couple of stage productions together in different films, so getting to do scenes with her was nice, but I think the one that really impacted me the most was when Anthony came in, when he came in and, and Becky's on the phone waiting to meet him for the first time, he doesn't make eye contact at all. And i I'm just trying to get him to look at me through this glass and we couldn't even hear each other, but trying to get him to, to look at me and finally when he looked up and made eye contact with me, I just melted. Uh, it was such a powerful moment, not just as an actor, but imagining in real life talking to someone who is, you know, behind bars, who is incarcerated and and wanting to do whatever you can do to help them, even though, you know, uh, Gary told Becky not to do anything. But uh, <laughs> you can't help but want to help.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And it's so related. I mean, it's, again, that relationship is so is so relatable, right, uh, between Becky and Sergeant Travis. Now, I have to ask you, Todd, you, you have this scene where Tom Linson, and I don't want to spoil all the details of it, again, if those who haven't seen it haven't seen it, but... Tomlinson is really going after you and your character and, and, you know, Travis's family. And it's a very emotional scene. You know, Travis gets really angry, so he kind of lashes out. How do you muster, because when you're doing an emotional scene like that, I'm not an actor, so I don't know. How do you muster that kind of emotion and make it feel so real?
3: Well, first of all, Steve Moquette, the actor, makes me so mad all the time. So it's <laughs> easy. <laughs> <laughs> no no i love I steve lie. we <laughs> give each other grief all the time but uh honestly i you know i think it's like you know as an actor you just practice stuff over and over and over again and some things become easier to do but a lot of it is just taking a risk sometimes you fail sometimes you don't sometimes you get bad fruit sometimes you get good fruit so you know hopefully it lands but uh yeah i don't know that just that moment with him saying all those things just i'm not a method actor by any means but it just you know it makes you kind of boil up when people start talking about your family and that kind of thing. So,
1: yeah, no, I feel like that's an that's an easy trigger for people. And then yeah. ima- I mean, a lot of what you do as an actor is you're imagining what it would be like to be obviously in that circumstance, and you're trying to bring that to life. And you all did that so well. That particular scene, again, being so emotional, that was a great a great performance there. Now, now, TC, um,
2: hey, yeah, I want to throw in one one thing. I'm sorry, it. Billy. Don't I'll throw sorry. in one go thing for for there. It. I don't know if Todd knows this, but it's about that scene. And, and you know, we, we're not giving it all away, but, you know, there's a physical confrontation there. And, and his buddy, Steve, that he was just ragging on, pulls me aside one time. As we're filming, he says, hey on one of these, can the cops not stop Todd? Like, I want to see him come at me and see how he responds if they don't stop him and we actually uh, get together. And, and, and unfortunately, for safety precautions of what could happen if if they don't stop him, but also for time and stuff, I had to shut that idea down. But yeah, he he was petitioning to uh, uh, let that scene roll out and, and see what happens uh, impromptu there.
3: It wouldn't have been good yeah
1: I love, I love these behind the scenes details that we wouldn't have gotten otherwise. That's great. So, all right. So let me ask you, Jared, now that, now that I have you here talking about this, um, when it comes to second chances, you know, we talked about forgiveness, a big part of forgiveness, not always, but many times is a second chance in a relationship. What, what are you hoping audiences take away when it comes to that particular topic?
2: Wow. Um, You know, we mentioned previously about Chris and her brother and, uh, you know, that relationship there about having a family member that probably to her was a bit of an embarrassment, um, that she almost tried to keep him sheltered. You talked about an enabler, uh, that, that it was just something that I think a lot of people can relate to. We probably all have a family member that's maybe estranged. Maybe they're making choices that we don't particularly agree with. And how many second chances do you give that individual? What goes on? Uh, And and forgiveness, of course, plays into that. Uh, I had a recent situation in my family uh, where there was a a family member who maybe wasn't getting invited to all of the family events um, for certain reason, conflicts and things of that nature. And one of my daughters was actually her birthday party came and said, hey, I I want that person invited to my birthday party because I don't think it's fair that they're getting left out. You know, and it was kind of convicting. Of wow, okay, you know what? Yeah, then then we're gonna do that. So I think, as far as it being a part of vindication, I think it's something that's relatable. That we can all probably think of someone that needs to be invited to the birthday party, so to speak. Given that second chance, Um, there are situations where sometimes you have to cut ties. I understand that as well. But at least to get people thinking about it and and relating it to their own lives, and maybe that person in their own life that needs that that second chance or that. Opportunity to redeem themselves.
1: Yeah, that's a powerful reminder, and clearly, you're raising, uh, you know, a very good kid there for for that to be the response. That that's a proud that's a proud parenting moment, uh, for sure. It really is. Um, all right, TC, you have done so many projects. I'm I'm actually interested to know this as an actor. When you go from you're you're preparing for a film, and you're doing and you do a movie. And it's a little more, I would imagine, open and closed in terms of how it's done. Whereas a series, a TV series, and you're appearing in multiple episodes, there are multiple storylines. How do you, and maybe maybe there is no difference, but how do you prepare for a TV show, a TV series versus a movie? Well,
5: the cool thing for me was Vindication. Um, You know, it'll it'll hold a special place in my heart because it was my first TV series. And then it led to uh, really two more now that you know one has been announced and one is in the works i'll be on three tv series and what i'm noticing is it's the it's the episode to episode that literally what you did in episode one it could be episode 45 you have to remember that you did that it, it it's 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 significant because everything is just kind of just builds on itself and it's if you're not careful and you forget that if you establish something in episode one that you know, I don't know, maybe it's a word you always say or something you're known for or a place you always go or you greet a certain person a certain way all the time and people latch on to that and it's one of their favorite things or whatever. It's easy to tell that you've forgotten that and you didn't carry that along. So with a a film, you know, it's, you remember that for the moment. And then it's, like you said, it's pretty much over, but it's, you always have to remember kind of what you did last week or last month, or three years ago, in that context, the context never stops. Just put it that way. So whoever, when when they introduced me as Trey Millwood, that's the guy, that's who people know, that's who they like, stay him, remember him. We could be 40 episodes in, you may have to go back to one to see how he came in and what he said he was all about and, and keep that continuity going. So that's, that's the challenge of it.
1: I mean, I can't remember what I did this morning. So I don't know how actors do that. I'm like, I'm, I don't know what I did this morning. So I would probably have a hard time with that. But but no, that makes sense. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. So all right, on a on a lighter note, and I'm going to put you all on the spot. I'm going to start with you, TC. Were there any blooper moments or memorable moments? I'll give you an out, because we can't always remember a blooper moment. On set right. memorable, funny blooper moments that you would want to share.
5: I was th- I'm thinking about that. I'm like, I can't I can't necessarily think of something specifically, except for like me and Todd cut up every time we we break, we talk about all kinds of stuff, you know what I mean? And just, and then it cuts on and then we got to like straighten back up real quick, you know, whatever, That that's always funny. But I mean, I can't, I mean, can you guys think of anything that, that just happened randomly that stuck out that everybody's crap Cause I, I have a bunch of little things with everybody, but I can't think yeah. of something specific that has- Oh, I can I think was of one. I see what y'all were going to say. I can think of one. But,
4: and that that last episode when you thought that you were done TC and you went and changed clothes and they said oh, okay. no you're not done. Oh, yeah. <laughs> into <Wait, laughs> to wardrobe.
5: <laughs> that's right. Okay. That's that's a good one. It was one of those things where you know whenever you rap on anything that's it yeah, and literally. it's just like it's all exciting and everybody claps and it was my first TV show and it was oh yeah. I I'm I'm in I'm in there in my tights. I'm out of my clothes everything. <laughs> <laughs> Jared's like, "Sorry, buddy, we need you in the last scene. <laughs> I try to put everything back on. You were were
1: like, you were, you know, that feeling when the work day's over, you're so excited and everyone's like, oh, you're not done. You got to like get back in, not only get back into character, you got to change back into character.
2: Yeah. And and it wasn't just a t-shirt and jeans. It was a full suit and tie. It was the party scene, the retirement party scene. And I had told him, hey, you're good, man. Yeah. Well, I'm mentally checklist. Okay. Yeah. You're good. And so he's (laughs) saying his goodbyes, giving hugs and almost to the door. And I think of the next scene and I'm like, you know what? Trey would still be here for what we're about to film, you know. And it's oh, yeah. like, oh no, who's gonna go ask him or tell him? And and See, Peggy, he, thank was, you. he was.
1: Thank you, Peggy, for remembering that. Look at that; that's a good
3: one. Are there any? Are there any yeah. others?
5: Oh,
2: y'all go ahead. I I'm gonna still, still keep thinking
5: if something come up. You got one?
3: Time? I mean, only—it's not. A, mine's not a blooper, but it was just like uh, Peggy was talking about those jail scenes behind those thick glass. You couldn't hear the other person talking, and you know, to have a really emotional scene with someone and you're talking to each other, but you can't hear a thing that, that was, I remember that being such a challenge because I remember Lori came up afterwards and said, it looked good, but I have no idea what you said. <laughs> so
1: Oh wow! So you guys couldn't
3: actually, wow. We could, we could That's... not hear each other. Yeah. So, uh, wow. that, and that was, that, yeah, that was, that was a challenge, but you know, when you lock eyes with someone, you, you know, it definitely helps, but I just thought that was kind of wow. Interesting. That is wild. Uh,
2: that, wow. wow. I know of a quick one uh, between Todd and I, but the whole crew was was witness to this. Uh, it was the scene when he wakes up outside the prison where he had slept in his vehicle all night. He's going to visit Doris there in episode 10. And as we're filming this, he was in the car. I was probably uh 70 50 to 70 yards away at our our uh you know our video village and I told him hey you know I want you to wake up wake up like you're an old man here you know just kind of wake up like like an old man you've got all the creeks and all this kind of stuff no
3: acting so required fir- yeah.
2: so <laughs> when well, we roll the first take and he does it but let's just say i mean it was slow and there were a million aches and all this kind of stuff and so we call cut and and then all the crew turns to me and i i just yell out i'm like Hey Todd, we need like sixty-five, not a hundred and five, meaning his age, right? And all the crew is like, what are you talking about? And Todd's like, I know exactly what he's saying. So, but but yeah, I was saying that he he looked like he was waking up at 105 years old instead of 65. So that's what I was talking
3: about when I said when I said you try and you fail, that that's a good example.
4: <laughs> I, I did have one more. I don't know if it's giving giving too much away. But speaking of old man, old men who are interested in old women, and I stop you from from saying that. And when we're in the kitchen getting getting close, the you know husband and wife getting close to each other, and we're counting on Anthony to step in just at the right moment. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and yeah. there was one time, and you know, and Tom, they're and like, "Okay, Anthony, <laughs> went, oh, I'm, sorry. I'm sorry. Where are you? <laughs> this is a
5: Christian show. <laughs> Any moment now."
2: I love it. My, my kids who have been around Todd and Peggy and even my wife, when they watched that scene, the squills and cringing in the room of, <laughs> are they about to kiss was like, no, no, no. Cause they know them and, and their spouses. and My all that. husband so cracks up. Fun. He's
4: watched that scene several times and he cracks up every time.
5: <laughs>
2: now there's a great
1: backstory to it. So that, I love that. Yeah. Um, all right. Now we're coming towards the end here. I have a couple more questions for you guys. But, Jared, I'm going to put you on the spot because you left us and you may end up giving away too much. I don't know. Feel free to give away whatever you want to. But you left us with so many cliffhangers. Like, Who's in the body bag? Who is it? Is it Anthony? Is it Chris? Is it Doris? I don't know. Who is in the body bag? What happens to Doris? There's a hundred questions. Is there anything that you can tell us at all? Is Chris a dirty cop now? Like, Is there anything you can tell us?
2: Well, obviously, we would love to get to do a season three, and that's why we left that open-ended, because we wanted the the fan base, the Vindies, the, the Vendi Nation, for those people to uh, chant alongside us that, hey, let's keep this going. So that's why we decided to leave some things open-ended. I do think there was some nice closure, however, uh, with uh, Doris and, and uh, Sergeant Travis as well, but Uh, In leaving it open-ended, what can I give you? I would say this. uh, With some of the ideas for a season three, you're not going to get all the answers to that in the first episode or the first scenes. It would be something that is drawn out, and some of those questions would remain for multiple episodes. So uh, if if you'd be expecting, uh, okay, you know, opening scene is going to tell me all of that, no, there's going to be a lot more to it and a lot more complex uh, should we get the opportunity to keep going.
1: So let's say, and we know that this is the case because there's a lot of intrigue and a lot of fans for this show. What, what would your advice be for people who want to see a season three? What can they do to try to make that happen?
2: Uh, it's, it's very easy, and that's just uh, tell people about it, share about it. You know, one personal recommendation is worth hundreds if not thousands of dollars in marketing. It's just the way it is. You know, if you have a friend tell you, hey, you need to go check this out. That's a whole lot more than 20 commercials telling you you need to go see this. So for people who enjoy it, talk about it, share about it, get some others to watch. And as we've seen, most people, uh, when they watch a couple episodes, they get hooked, and then you don't have to pester them about it. So that's the best way to help us because viewership, eyeballs, that's what drives uh, more seasons.
1: All right, here's my final question, and it's for the actors. And by the way, I had lots of theories on all of this as the as the series was going. I have theories, as I mentioned, about who's in the body bag and all of that, and I won't bore you with them right now. But I'm curious for each actor, I'll start with you, TC. If there's a season three, what would you love to see happen with your character? What would you, What would you love him to do or be or go or I don't know?
5: Well, uh, when we get to season three, cause the fans are gonna lay this thing out. Um, <laughs> I I think the coolest thing about my introduction. And I think in, in some cases, you know, directors and writers can can overplay this and worry about it too much. And I was happy to see that this is not something that Jared was, was worried about that. No one really knows why I came, why I chose East Bank. Um, it, it strategically, you see that you see this a lot. No one knows who this is. You know, no one knows his family. No one knows any of that. And it leaves so much to understand. Like why like you they bring me in, I'm snatching guns from people. I'm not afraid. I'm like, dang, like how how deep was this gang stuff he went through? Um, you know, does he have a family? Like what what is he thinking when he's out there? Am I engaged? Or am I just dating? Like, we don't know any of that. We don't know what his motivations are because it gives an opportunity to really run with that. Because if I if I really, am I taking care of my grandmother? Like, we don't know what I'm thinking when I'm out there. And when you start to dig and see what his motivations are and there's so much that you can uncover, that's just, it's just a wide open thing. I could not even be married. I have just been wearing this praying that God would send me someone. And when I find someone, I'll take this off. It's so many things to be done. So just to, just to find out his motivations for coming, um, you know, what his life is like, what, what is his home? Like, like now, what we've never seen his home, where does he go at night when he leaves? Like there's all that, that type of stuff. What is his goal? You know, um, uh, what his deeper relationship, you know, with, uh, you know, Travis and, and then Chris, you know, I love that he, um, being that I kind of replaced her in that precinct that he got a chance to actually work side by side where I was one of my, like I really enjoyed that dynamic of working with Chris and and us going on a, you know, a couple, you know, stakeouts and and things together. So that whole thing is just just wide open and they're writing so well that, you know, I don't really say much. I, I like to just see like where, what are you praying about? Where's the Lord taking you? And how is this guy going to be fleshed out? So there's so much to learn about him, which I'm glad he, he held back very nicely, but still didn't make it to where people couldn't invest in their emotions in me. As it, Like, why do we care about Trey coming back? He did enough to where people will care about it, but now there's so much more left on the table. So that's exciting.
1: I like that. Yeah, you want to know the backstory, right? You want to know who this person was beforehand, and like you said, where they go after work. Who 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 is he really outside of that role? I love that. Yeah.
4: All right. Peggy, you are up. I am up. Well, uh, one thing I definitely would like to see, and Candace and I have talked about it, is we think that Becky and Janet need to get together because they they would have a lot of fun together, I think. I love I love the character Janet and I love Candace. She's a, a wonderful lady.
0: So yeah. I'd love
4: to get to work with her. Um and then I don't there's one other thing, and I don't know if I would say that it's something that I want, but something that I'm curious about, and it's the fact that Many times we see Becky make decisions that make the audience go, Oh, what is she doing? But, and things always seem to work out, except maybe that, that Bible study thing. Um, but things always seem to, to work out. And I just wonder if one time Becky's going to make some decision and things are not going to go her way. And something,
3: mm. yeah.
1: That would be interesting to yeah. see how she would react to it. How, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I like, I like that. All right, Todd, last but not least.
3: Well, I want to see Travis not be the butt of every joke about exercising and, you know, being out of shape. So I want Travis to come in muscle-bound like TC, and they're like, what happened? No, uh, I mean, I think the great thing about being a Christian in this show is that there's so many storylines you could take because, you know, just with sanctification you know we, we we believe lies and then we find the truth constantly in our lives and new things are revealed so there's just so many ways and go I, I don't have a specific to say other than i will be in better shape
5: <laughs> maybe, maybe the thing is now we me and him work out every morning or something there like that there
3: you go oh there i hope okay. that is
5: true. some folks Jared, are we're doing your for job me. for you here
1: we're helping you. I hope, I hope you're taking notes.
5: Some folks, some you- folks were saying were saying to me that, um, you know, the, the the first season was like I said, it was that you know the, the who done it and boom, 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 and then how Jared this particular season did a good job of of uh, adding now some some storylines that you can follow, which makes everybody invested. A excellent and I, I, I knowing him, it's going to be a, a pretty good blend of both because people really enjoy both sides of that. Some people literally love that repetitious just keep feeding the same thing and, and they get it. They know what's coming, but they don't know how you get there. Boom, there's a crime and we figure it out. Other people love the the story and getting to know the characters and all of that. Now you've got both of those people and you cleverly keep writing to where both keep happening at the right balance. It's just I mean, they're, they're, there's your season three right there. It's just like people like to follow that crime. Oh, how is it going to work out? But then, oh, what's going on with Todd or what's going on with, you know, his wife and all those kinds of things. So that that will be exciting to see how those two things. Now that you got two types of preferences are blended to where you got your crime and your who done it, but you also got your storyline and your, you know, following the characters lives. And, and it's perfectly, you know, as best as it can be pulled together.
1: Now Jared, I'm going to give you the last word on this because we just wrote part of season three for you, just so you know. I don't know if you want to react to that at all before we go.
2: Uh, I'm muted when they were saying that. That way I don't get uh, any. No, I'm just kidding. That was, <laughs> that was, was great, great stuff. So, awesome. uh, yeah, I mean, I don't think I could say anything on that. Um... Oh, man, do I want to say anything? Goodness. I, yeah, um, I'm trying there's...
1: to make you say something. That's what's happening here. <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah. Um... You know, there are some other characters, like TC mentioned, that we haven't delved a whole lot into their backstory that I think are fertile soil for um, uh, for some more storytelling. Uh, in particular, there was a scene where a a disconnected family met up in a parking lot, and there was a lot of drama there. And I'd like to know more about that situation and what's going on there, especially as one of those characters grows in his faith. Uh, what does that relate to the other people that were in that parking lot? So. Uh, that's, that's something I would like to see. Aha. Uh-huh. All right. Well,
1: very good. I want to thank you all for coming on the show today. And if you're watching this and you are a Vindication fan, which I know you are, go over to the PureFlix Facebook page. Let PureFlix know how much you want to see a season three of the show. And again, thank you guys for joining me. And head over also to PureFlix to obviously watch season two of Vindication. We will see you again very soon. That was the Vindication Season 2 After Show. A lot of fun, great conversation. If you have not watched the series, head over to PureFlix.com and watch it today. And I would also like to tell you that we are part of the Edify Podcast Network. If you're looking for good Christian podcasts, we are part of that network. Head over to Edify, E-D-I-F-I.app. You can download Edify in the App Store on Android and Apple. And we will see you next week for another episode of the PureFlix Podcast.
0: That's all for today's podcast. You can follow Pure Flix on Facebook at facebook.com/pureflix and on Twitter at pureflix. And be sure to log on today to pureflix.com for thousands of faith and family-friendly movies and TV shows. Thanks for listening to the Pure Flicks podcast.